But let me read, and you can follow along right behind me, Proverbs 17, 1. Or maybe it's not up there. It's really short. Better is a dry morsel with, a quiet, with quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Say it again, because it's really short. <laughs> Better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. And tonight's message is on personal boundaries. Personal boundaries. So Solomon, this wise dude, is saying, let's do a thought experiment. You've got two families. The one family has like a Thanksgiving meal every single night, and the other family is having spam sandwiches that they got to split up and spread among their 10 kids. But they love each other. <laughs> and what Solomon is saying, he's saying it's better to have a hungry belly than to be in a house where you're full and you got the good cable and everything's working out for you, but you've got strife. And Solomon was in a position of experience to say this. Now, I know like you're like 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 my family, we've got half siblings, we've got step siblings, we've got foster stuff. We we you know what I mean? We got all that. But ain't nobody in this room has a family like Solomon's family. So Solomon's kids had a thousand stepmoms. I mean, we just kind of, what we do, it, especially as guys, we're like, wow, David had all those women. You know what I mean? But think about that. There's a reason. There's a reason that Solomon's children went to war with each other. And in fact, up until Solomon's day, like God's people were all one kingdom. And then what happens? It gets divided among his sons. And they're no longer one nation and they never rejoin. They never reunite. My cousins, uh, my, my wife's aunt and uncle celebrated their 50 year anniversary. And we went up a few couple weeks ago to Reading and they had these shirts, all the immediate family wore these shirts and their shirts said, we put the fun into dysfunctional, <laughs> right? And, and one, of the, one of the daughters talked about the story of growing up and, you know, the kids, I don't know about your kids, my kids definitely do this, it's like most annoying thing in the world. They play with the doors and it just, I just wanna take the doors off the hinges. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, she talks about like, well, you know, when we were kids, I remember one time mom came into the room and she opened and shut the door so aggressively and repeatedly that books started coming off the shelves, that like the bed started shaking. You know what I'm saying? It was real aggressive, like stop with the doors until she broke the door, right? <laughs> but what we're talking about here in Proverbs 17.1 is not a tight family that has some anger issues, some, some German, 
whatever Irish, whatever blood you got. I'm talking about that. We are talking about house rising up against house, manipulation. We're, we're talking about steal money for, from you to buy drugs. We're, we're, we're talking about strife. We're not talking about putting fun in dysfunctional. We're talking about straight dysfunctional. And, and Solomon says it's better to have that spam sandwich. It's better to have that cup of noodle than going out to eat three times a day. And yet, your life is full of drama. You know, Vin Diesel, what does he say in Fast and the Furious? He says, you know, I don't got friends. I got family. <laughs> like the worst Vin Diesel impression you probably ever heard. But family's a big deal, right? Family's a big deal, I know, in this town. I learned that real quick when we moved in. <laughs> It's like everybody's related to like five, you're like, you have to be related to one of five families. <laughs> and, um, you know, everybody's cousins, right? These are my Gloucester cousins. <laughs> and um, I remember when our sister in the back there was posting in this local group about the school system, local school system, and she raised a question. She said, hey, there's this article by greatschools.com, pretty reputable thing saying that our high school is getting a failing grade in how it evenly takes care of children and how it takes care of those in special needs. And the last time I checked, there was 127 responses, and almost all of them is like, shut up, our school is great. Now, when you go to someone else's house and they tell you to take off your shoes or whatever the rules are, right, like, the expectation is, is that you do it. And, and, and people can be real sensitive about you coming into somebody else's life and telling them how their life isn't right. And yet, the whole point, the whole point of making life work, the whole point of the book of Proverbs are all these sayings like, our children learned this when they were really young. You know... Whoever loves understanding is wise, but ever who, whoever hates correction is stupid. And not, you know, you got to learn it in like a modern translation. It's got to say stupid or you won't remember it. Like it's got it's to be a little raw. It's got to be just a little, right? If you hate correction, you're stupid. That's the attitude of your heart. It's like nobody can tell me nothing. And so I'm asking you for the next few minutes to let me just look at a few areas where we tend to stack up with other people and live in the drama and live in the strife and live with guilt rather than doing the hard thing and maybe doing with a little less but being in peace. So a month or two ago, somebody came up after service. And, you know, I go in the back and I'll pray for people. And they tell me, like, 
yeah, I'm convicted. I, I'm using my brother's identity. Um, you know, here's like four or five different ways that I'm gaming the system. And I know that it's wrong, but if I step out there and do something about it, it's all coming down like a house of cards. You know, as a pastor, I'm not here to rat anybody out, but I am here to call you out. This is the word of God. And what I need you to hear this morning or this evening is that fraud is fraud. Like you might keep your electric on, you might get a little bit more benefit for a little longer. If you do X, Y, and Z, that's sort of shady. But God is never going to bless that. And the short gain always brings the most pain. The short gain always brings the most pain. And a full stomach with strife, a full stomach with guilt, a full stomach with fear is never better than an empty stomach with a clean conscience. Like we need to have guys, like what's the point of what we're doing if this doesn't happen? You come around here and you, 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 know, you, you, you sing to Jesus and all that, that's all good. But what church is really all about is a, a dude can leave his phone on the couch and his girl can pick it up and he's not sweating at all. He's not worried about whatever he's been scrolling through. He's not worried about the text messages that are on that phone, amen? Look at what Proverbs teaches us. Here's a familiar passage about wealth and poverty from Proverbs 37 and 9. I'll just read it for you. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Can somebody say poverty? Somebody say riches. But give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. So, you know, the guy writing Proverbs, right, he's realistic. Sometimes we're very unrealistic. A lot of times we think of the temptation to steal and all that. We only think of like Enron. I know that's a really dated example. But, you know, we, we only think of, you know, corporations. We think of Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. And we think of people way up there that are tempted to take more than they should. And we should think about that because riches brings a whole bunch of temptation and a whole bunch of potential for abuse. But the reality is, is that poverty also brings a whole bunch of temptation. And, and, and it causes you to feel like you gotta make all types of compromises. 
And the realistic thing is to pray, Lord, I don't want to be like so rich that I can't handle it, but Lord, I do need to have some stability in my life. I need a paycheck that hits that bank account once or every other week, right? I need to have a roof over my head. I need to have enough food for my kids. I said this, I think, a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to say it again. Because we need to hear it because sometimes on TV, if you listen to preachers on TV, or you just kind of get the general vibe from American culture, we start to believe that failure is a sin. Poverty means you made a mistake, that you're in sin. And I'm here to tell you that just being broke is not in and of itself a sin. God doesn't show partiality. Like, like if there was some dude to come in here and he was all decked out and had all kinds of power and all that stuff, God wouldn't care any more about that dude than anyone else in this room. Now, you might be hearing all this stuff and, and, and be thinking what I'm saying is, like, just be honest, even if it hurts. Just suck it up. Just keep moving through life and don't whine. But sometimes, sometimes applying this wisdom means you don't suck it up and you get out of a bad situation. We're talking about personal boundaries. I remember we were in Africa and our daughter got extremely sick. And we didn't have our minds right. We, we didn't know what we were doing. And I, I wasn't prepared to make a good decision. In fact, somebody else had to step in and tell us, you know what, we're booking flights, you're going home, send your kid to the hospital there, be with family, because you don't know if your daughter's going to live or die. And why are you just sitting here paralyzed, you know what I mean, doing nothing? And we went home, and I, I remember feeling guilty for a minute, like, like, God, you called us to Africa. I'm no punk. You know? I'm no punk. I've always tried to do the hard thing. I have always, when, there, when I found out, like, when I find out so-and-so has this problem or I find out someone on the block is beating their wife or whatever, I'm like the guy. I'm like, let me talk. Like, that's me. I want to run in. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to run away from hard situations. But here's the problem. We need boundaries. We don't know what's good for us. We are weak and limited, and we're not God. We're not Jesus. We can't fix everybody. We can't fix everything. And there's situations where you end up in a relationship that's so abusive, so toxic, that you've got to get out of it. And I want you to feel validated. I want you to feel understood if you left a bad marriage. I remember when I was a kid and, I mean, before that, just like in Africa, we had to leave Africa to live, to continue to serve God for another day. Jesus even sent his disciples out 
And he told them, if they throw stones at you, if they resist you and they don't want to hear you, pack up your stuff and go to the next place. He didn't say, stay there, just take it. (laughs) He said, move on. And sometimes you do have to move on. And I'm saying better. It says better to be in the quiet house with with no money than the, the rich house with strife. Better, not best. Nobody's saying it's best to leave a marriage. No, nobody's saying that's what God wanted. But sometimes you have to pick the better of two bad situations. That's like real life. And to survive, you got to get out of a situation so that you can survive. See, I remember when I was like a teenager, like new Christian, 16, whatever, and I love this passage for some reason. It's from Proverbs, and it says, better to live on the corner of a roof while it's raining than with a bickering wife. <laughs> maybe you, maybe you are the depressed, negative, bickering spouse, or mom, or dad. Are you Joseph blessing the house? Remember the story of Joseph where he had a dream and he saw that there was going to be a drought and he told Egypt to save all this food and he ended up saving the nation. Or are you Jonah in the boat and just by being in the boat, you're causing the boat to sink? And some, some of us, that's, we, we know what that's like. We're like, my family is struggling, my work is struggling, my group of friends is struggling because I'm a, I'm not going to say it, you know what I'm saying? Let me, let me, listen to me clearly. The gospel of Jesus calls you to love toxic people. Like you don't get to, personal boundaries doesn't mean hey, I'm not going to love anybody with drama because guess what? You're not going to love nobody then. <laughs> you know? Like, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've said this before, but I think it's hilarious. I'll, I'll, I'll watch somebody post on social media, and they'll be, like, they'll, they'll be like, it's Tuesday, and they'll be like, I'm cutting all the negative drama people out of my life. And then Thursday, no lie, they're saying, I'm so lonely. Nobody wants to be with me. <laughs> right? It's like you can't cut out negative people out of your life. The gospel calls us to love them. The gospel calls us to be transformed from being those toxic people. Like the gospel, the good news is you don't have to be that depressed, bickering Jonah that's causing the ship to sink with everybody you're with. But this is what the gospel doesn't call you to do. And this is where the boundaries come in. The gospel doesn't hold you hostage to be abused by toxic people. Jesus said, do not cast your pearls before swine. So like, don't take your valuable stuff and just put it out there for people who cannot appreciate that to trample over it right? You don't bring people into your home 
so they can raid your medicine cabinet and just be naive about it. You don't give a 10-year-old kid the keys to your car. You, 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 don't, you don't tell somebody on the bus, right, that goes down in a cam. You don't tell somebody you never met your deepest, darkest secret. There's things that are precious that have value, and you need to have boundaries, and you need to protect them. And one of the greatest things that we need to protect is our kids, and I'll never get tired of saying, if your spidey senses tell you not to leave your kids with somebody, you don't leave your kids with them. Even if it means you're not going to have a job. Better to have a house with a ramen noodle and nothing else and peace and safety than to have the house with Thanksgiving every night and your kids are getting abused. We need boundaries. So let me close with this. How do we give ourselves to give of ourselves generously but wisely? So wisely because we need boundaries, but generously because we need to give of ourselves. Like we don't get to just not answer any calls and go into a cave and just be like, I'm not going to know nobody or do anything for anybody, right? Right? C.H. Spurgeon once said, a great preacher, he said, God has called us to be living sacrifices, not fine specimens. Remember in middle school when you put the little thing under the lens, you put the little water in there and the little, you know, ion, iodine, and then you look at it. And then, you know, you could keep that thing in there for years. I'm sure the ones we were looking at were like from the 70s, you know. <laughs> God hasn't called you to just be like this perfectly preserved person that's super well-adjusted, takes no risks, you know, never lends to anybody because that would be, you know, unwise. (laughs) No. Called us to be living sacrifices. And the joy of the Lord is our strength to run a full-blooded marathon. God's love energizes us to love other people. And God's love is better than Red Bull, better than a couple shots of espresso, better even than those those yellow vitamin waters that I've been getting into recently, right? God's love truly energizes us. It picks us up off the floor and, 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 and it helps us to run. And we're called to run far. We're called to run far, but not fast. You know why? When you run fast, you start to trip over things for no reason. You, you run out of breath. God hasn't called you to run a sprint, but a marathon. A marathon. That's for somebody here this night. God hasn't called you to run a sprint, but a marathon. I asked this guy, he's, he's part of the community, if I could share this. Our brother got out of prison after three years. He wanted to get his life back together. And connected with this girl, wanted to get married, wanted to make a bunch of things happen 
to make up for all the lost years. But wanted to do it in a sprint. <laughs> right? <laughs> wanted to do it in a sprint. And you can imagine what happened. It all fell apart and all blew up. Listen, God calls us to run far. God calls us to run hard, but not for your salvation. You don't run hard so that you can get your life together, but you run hard because God loves you and you get to be a part of what he's doing, fixing the world. Do you understand the difference? We don't like try to do good things that, oh, maybe if we do enough good things, God will notice what we're doing and maybe we'll get the blessing we've been waiting for. But no, we are just like, you know what? We're blessed already. Jesus came and died for us. Jesus came and he rose from the dead and he broke death. And now we don't have to live to like make dad in heaven happy with us anymore. Look to Jesus, not yourself. And point people to Jesus, not yourself. So I want to encourage you. You can be that person with the cup of noodle, with the spam sandwich, whatever. Not compromise. Right? Not compromise. Not lie not join up with family members you know are going to bring you down or, or friends you know aren't good for you. But if we get together, we can stack our checks together and we can have a little feast. God calls you to have boundaries and to live in peace. And there are times when it feels like the most unloving thing in the world, but you've got to tell people there's the door. Sometimes you got to take people to the Walt Women Bridge and you're like, that's PA, this is Jersey. You decide which one you're going to be in. If you're going to be healthy and you're going to go in the right direction, you can be with me. But if not, get out. Don't cast your perils before swine. Have personal boundaries. Don't look to yourself. Look to Jesus. Don't look to save yourself and to fix your life in a week. Don't look to game the system. And don't try to fix other people. People can see that from a mile away. You can't fix anybody else. You aren't the Holy Spirit Junior. You aren't Jesus. And you aren't everybody's dad, although we like to joke like my son, right? Like We like to pretend we're everybody's dad. But guess what? You're not. Jesus died to fix the world, not you. I'm going to ask you all to close your eyes if you would. Close your eyes, and I want you to think of just maybe one person that your heart is just breaking over that um, you can admit. You can admit to yourself. You don't say it out loud, but yeah, I tried to fix that person. That was a bad idea. That didn't work. And I want you to hear this truth. Jesus died to save them so that you don't have to. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's someone you love. Jesus died for them 
you don't have to die for them. Thank God that Jesus did not have personal boundaries. He was like the good Samaritan, right? Who wrote the blank check. He picked the guy up, put it on his animal, brought him to the inn and said, listen, whatever it takes to fix this person, whatever it takes for them to be healed up, I'll pay the price. Listen, you and I, we can't do that. We don't have an endless bank account and endless resources, but Jesus went out and loved us to the point where it broke him. And we're coming to this table to remember that. His body was broken for us. His blood was poured out for us. That is the good news. We ourselves do not have to, thank God, put ourselves on that altar for the people we care about. And when we do that, we're taking the glory away from the Savior. We're not the Savior.